just look to somebody next to you and smile at them. It's important that you smile at them. Some of them haven't even seen smiles in this week. So if you really want to smile, show them teeth. Especially if it's yours. Yes, you can. <laughs> I, I want to speak to you, obviously tonight, as we are focusing still on Pentecost, that um, I don't want to come and preach to you something new or maybe out of a place where you feel like, no, yes, come and teach us uh, something that you feel that's maybe way above your head like I don't know how many of you love hunting um, but I do and um, people are like no I don't like hunting then well when we harvested the meat usually when we hang it up we hang it out of reach that because if you hang it up and you especially if you've got smaller children they will take off the things and you would see that which you've harvested will just vanish right before of your eyes. The thing about it sometimes with Christianity is that we put things so high that it can feel that it's out of reach the whole time. And many times I feel like, like if we don't make it practical in such a way, we would lose essence and we can feel like we've, we've been blown up spiritually like up to five and a half bars. Um, but it, if, we, if we look to the life of Jesus, Acts 10.38, it says, Jesus went about what? Doing good. You see, the biggest problem that we find is that we love to feel good. And with a lot of the feeling good, we forget about actually doing good. Because when Jesus does something in your life, He expects you to go and duplicate or to go and minister to somebody out there. Some of our greatest challenges is not for the church to come here. It's actually for the church to go out there. You see, that was the challenge on Pentecost. That Jesus said to the disciples, go and wait in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Now, how many of you know that would be amazing? Think about Pentecost Day. They've been praying in the upper room. They were, it was amazing. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit comes and He blows into a building. And it's with such intensity that there was tongues of fire that came and it rested upon people. How many of you would love to see something like that in action? You see, that, that, that would be amazing. But none of us, we actually finish reading what the scripture says because after it happened what was the response the response is they were filled with the Holy Spirit to go and minister many people ask God baptize me in the Holy Spirit and with the fire to go and do what you want to be a light to shine where How many of you have got in your house, you've got these emergency ESCOM lights? Now think back, five years ago, did you have that in your house? Because it wasn't important. Until the lights go off. 
Then you sit a few evenings romantically in your house, you and candles, and you enjoy supper by candlelight and it was romantic the first two times. Then it started happening every single day. Now every single day you need to put on light. Nobody likes to sit in darkness. How if we read the scripture and the world is in darkness, do we still need to motivate Christians to shine their light? Because the world is already in darkness and it's waiting for the revelation of sons and daughters to not put their lights under a basket, but to put it on a city and a hill to shine for everybody to see. The problem is we are waiting to motivate people how to shine. I can't teach you to shine because it's the Holy Spirit's job to illuminate Jesus and for Him to live through you. Can I say this? I want to submit that. Thank you for asking me that I can say anything. Yes, you guys are such amazing people tonight. But it's so beautiful that we, that we see people coming Sunday after Sunday. Thank you for coming. Church would not be the same without you. But when we come, people ask the same, please pray for my, my job. It's, uh, things are tough there. And my response would be, that I'm not working there. That's why God put you there. God has placed you in a place to be a light. The problem is that we are praying for God to get us out of there because we want this place. You want a workplace where everybody's Christian. You want this background noise. You can play impact radio. You can do, man, it's amazing. Lunchtime, I can open my Bible. There's a nice life group that's happening. Everybody wants a, an environment like that. But how many of you know that we live in a world that needs to know Jesus? It will not know Jesus by the gathering of believers. It would get to know Jesus by the scattering of believers. You see, many times what we do is we need to motivate people in order to just to do something for God. It's not about the works. Man, you can give out soup. You can... Do whatever you can to go, but it's always just a tool. It cannot replace the message of the gospel. It cannot. You see, the first responses in the baptism of the Holy Spirit is that Jesus is put in His rightful place. He's glorified. But from that place of glorification, the message of the gospel is purely spoken for salvation. After salvation, there's a response to go and be baptized. You see, if you've ever been baptized, most people, how many of you, or uh, let me ask you, how many of you are getting baptized tonight? Can we just, we salute you. Well done. You see that, it's, it's a story and it's a, it's a stake that you're putting into the ground. That you're saying, because I love Jesus, I will not live for myself anymore. And it's not like the water is magical. It's nice and hot because it's, we know that people don't like cold water. It's convenient. But how many of you know there's nothing about Christianity that's convenient? It's because of convenience that nobody goes. That we need to motivate and build programs to get people excited where it is the Holy Spirit that comes upon you and He urges you to go and do something. 
It's like I always say that, how many of you love to go to the Kruger National Park? I love doing that. Or to the Pilansberg, there's wonderful animals, but nobody goes there to see the impalas. It's only the tourists from overseas that they take like a hundred photos of a zebra standing just there. It's just doing nothing. You feel like, okay, drive on. Why? Because we are all looking for what? The lions. And then when you see lions, you're like, oh my goodness. I want to see what else? Leopard. You go through the what? The big five. That's what you want. You see, many times we've also made because of religiosity that we come to church to come and see the big five. May it not be so because it is the fivefold responsibility to equip you to do the work of the ministry. It is the Lord who set this commission, go into all the world, preach this gospel. Now we're just waiting for the pastor and the evangelist and the teacher and the prophet and the apostle to come and move something. And then when they hold events, then we're like, okay, we're gonna do that. But it's an everyday life. You see, it is the, if we are called the body of Christ and Christ is the head, somebody needs to walk. And God needs a body. You see, the Father has a body. He walked past Moses. Moses said, Lord, show me your face. And God passed with his backside behind him. You remember that? When Jesus was on earth, he, was, he had a physical body. Do you know the Holy Spirit's also got a body and it looks exactly like you? The biggest frustration that we experience as Christians is that we are not moving with the Holy Spirit. How many of you have ever, I remember many times I came home and my children was much smaller. And when I come home, they latch around my legs. Do you know how it is to walk with two children on your leg like this? You can move, but it takes a lot of effort. Many times we cling onto other parts of the body in order to be moved. Where God has called us in this body, everything works together for movement. And it's time for us to move in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want to make this likening. You see, there was a time in the book of Genesis. How many of you remember the story of the Tower of Babel? Not Babel in Afrikaans. Tower of the Turing van Babel. The Tower of Babel, there was a time where the people were working together. And the Bible says they all wanted the same thing. They wanted to build a tower up into the heavens. And they were busy building it. I can just imagine no, I can't even imagine how big that should have been. And then the Bible says, God said, if they continue building, absolutely nothing will be impossible for them. This is what God says. And God caused confusion to come amongst their, their tongues. And all of a sudden, you, you're speaking to Rehard, I'm like, hey, who's it? And all of a sudden, he's like, uh, Ingi? And then somebody else goes like, yo, and you're like, what? 
What are they saying? Praat Afrikaans, ons is nou net, what's busy happening? And God, no, God needed to scatter them because nothing would be impossible for them. And they had different tongues. You see, on the day of Pentecost, people came together once again in an upper room and they didn't build a physical building. They built a prayer life into the heavens. And the Lord answered them. And immediately as He answered them, there was once again tongues that came upon them. Different tongues that came upon them. But this time it didn't scatter them. It unified them to go and scatter right around the world. The problem is that most of us, we are keeping that prayer life just to come and sit amongst other Christians and to pray. There's something about the Holy Spirit when it comes upon you that moves you into places where you would not usually go. You would wake up the morning and you feel like, I don't wanna go to work. I don't wanna go to school. Man, I get that every morning with my children. And then when I collect them from the school, how was your day? It was amazing. But sometimes you, want, you need somebody to tell you, hey, go. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, now you are walking with Him. Here's the beautiful thing I want you to see. Yesterday as I was just sitting with the Lord, I, I was asking, Lord, just give me an example because Pentecost, we've spoken about if, if you weren't here this morning, I want to encourage you, please go and listen to the message from this morning. Um, as, as Prophet Gibbard shared around, obviously there's a lot of things from the word noon and there's so much richness in what was shared. But I sensed how the Lord just yesterday morning he dropped, or afternoon, He dropped this phrase in me, with me and He said to me, or just a thought, He said, look to the process of Peter. And immediately I was thinking, the process of Peter and all of a sudden the beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit is that He illuminates the words of Jesus. He would come to tell you everything what this word is saying. He would bring it to life. That's why you cannot as a believer not live without the word of God. I want to tell you very frankly that you as a believer, you need to take up that Bible. You need to open it. You need to blow off the dust of those pages and start reading until He speaks. Don't wait for the devotional to come out from somebody else. No, read it for yourself. We are not living in the old centuries in the Latin times where it was just the one person who read and they were literate. Everybody can read, hopefully. We read at different paces, but read. Don't fall over this translation, that translation. Take the translation that you're actually going to be reading. And can I tell you, it's never going to be convenient. Especially if you're a parent, there will always be things. If you're a morning person like me, do it in the morning. Don't ask me to do that at 12 o'clock at night. I will look like some other zombie. And then you ask me, what did I read? And I would like, I don't know. I don't know what I read. Some of you are like owls. You are wide awake at night, but don't speak to you in the morning. I want to ask a question. How many of you love classical music? Okay, the Lord can heal that. Um, no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. 
Sorry. I... But do you know there's certain music that you just feel it? Like some of you on, on Sundays when you, after the morning service, you go in your car and you switch on like Metro FM and they play these. Is it true? Some of you are on the greatest hits on Jacaranda. <laughs> Whatever tickles your fancy. Some of you want, like I, I don't understand this about my wife. It's this mystery that, that Paul speaks about. That she can stand and listen to this very energetic music and connect with the Lord. I feel like I can't do that. It's very difficult. And she would stand there crying. And I'd be like, are you okay? I would also cry if I need to just draw wherever you're drawing from. Give me the bad sounds. I, but we all do that differently. The thing is yesterday as I, I was just sitting outside, I was lighting a fire. I had some music playing and I felt the Lord said to me, Stephen, switch off everything and just become aware of me. Can you do that? See, many times we need something to stir us where the Spirit Himself is enough. Because it is the deep that cries out to deep, He knows exactly how to get you into the presence of the Father. So many times we cop out by things, calling a lot of things demonic, where if you are a temple of the Holy Spirit, and His Spirit is one with the Father, there cannot be resistance. Because I didn't know that the Holy Spirit was limited. Because He's God. But listen to this. The process of Peter. Because we're speaking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and Pentecost. Listen to this. If you look to the life of, G, uh, to the life of Peter, the first thing that happened to Peter is that he became a disciple. Say with me, disciple. The question is, are you a disciple? See, many of us want the ministry without being in the process of discipleship. Okay, you want to say disciple again? Okay, you're thinking this is a, this is a, a trick question. Then out of discipleship, the second one, he gets to walk with Jesus how would your life look like if you woke up tomorrow morning you open your eyes and your alarm clock is screaming at you and all of a sudden Jesus is standing next to your bed and he says these words to you today I'm going to be going to, with you wherever you're going some of you would drive in a much better mood to work all of a sudden your patience in the traffic would be like Hallelujah, brother. Bless you. You flaming vessel of the Lord Jesus. You won't even curse anymore. The dog comes. It jumps onto your newly fresh shirt before you go to work. And you're like, these are marks of a family dog. All of a sudden, your patience it's just totally different. You come to work, get called into a staff meeting or whatever, and the meeting is just like, you'll just sit there because now Jesus is sitting with you. And now all of a sudden you can just WhatsApp one another and say, Lord, what do you think about, what do you think about our secretary? 
Give me a word, Lord. What are you saying? You see, we would live most probably very different. Can I ask this question? Why would we do that if we understand that the Holy Spirit is with us every single day of our lives? That He's given us the ability, the same way as what Jesus said, I'm going away from you right now, but I'm sending somebody to you who's exactly like me. So everybody's waiting for the white cloak Jesus with the sash and the long hair like they do in the chosen to come. I like that Jesus. He looks so fun. I really do. He, that's how I can also just imagine. Everybody wants that experience. But how many of you know that you are called the temple of the Holy Spirit? That He doesn't necessarily dwell in buildings like this, but He dwells inside of you because of the Lord Jesus. You get to walk with him. Third one, Peter got rebuked. How many of you ever got rebuked by other Christians? And you feel like these people, you know, who, do, who do you think you are speaking to me like that? Do you know who I am? How dare you? I'm a child of the most high God. Children, try telling that to your parents and you'll see a whipping of your life. But many times on the way, on the road of discipleship, we also get rebuked. And it doesn't mean it's also through other believers. Most of the times, even non-believers can rebuke us. But a rebuking process recenters a lot of our inner life. Do you know when somebody starts treating you differently, you reevaluate a lot of your thought life in between? Say, for instance, you assume somebody's talking about you at the workplace. Your inner life, your inner voice is, I wonder what they, uh, what did I do? Is it, I wonder what they're saying about me right now. Lord, I pray, call flames of fire upon them. Consume them, Lord. But many times, the thing about rebuking is, it refines us on the inside. Fourth one. Peter got to see the inner circle miracles. Do you know that it's in the place of discipleship where you'll see most of the miracles happen around you? Most people are coming here to have a shandai, karabadondo on your head and you expect that's a miracle. But God says that you are walking as a representation of Jesus. Wherever you go, He's supposed to go with you. So you're supposed to see miracles. Anna, I just want to clarify that. You might not have all the breakthrough at once, but there should be always something breaking through. You might be praying, Lord, I pray, Lord, my finances is a mess or my relationships, I don't know what's going on. I'm single and I think I love it, but I don't because I don't know. Because winter's here, it's cold. Eh? If you're married, listen here, like JP, he got engaged yesterday, huh? I wanted to say, well, Nadine was worshiping. She was worship, not worshiping like this. She was worshiping like this. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But when you like some, some, somebody, you want to commit to that. Most of us, we are struggling in our commitment to the Holy Spirit because we've never pursued a relationship. 
That's why we need inspiration. Listen, you, you don't need an inspiration. You need a revelation of who He is. That's why the Scripture says in the book of Psalms, taste and see that the Lord is good. You know, on the day that, that we got married, me and my wife, it was wonderful. It was super cold. The 1st of August. And um, on that morning, it rained. And uh, it was so cold because you don't understand. Midwinter, wait. That's crazy. It was not supposed to rain on the day. And on that previous evening, it started raining and it was, it was like really pouring. And I was just like, and we had like a garden wedding, supposed to, outside. And now I'm just thinking, Jesus, please come through for us. Lord, if you've never done anything for me, I pray that you would please make it stop raining right now. Have you ever seen a man desperately pray? And um, I remember that I went to bed and when I woke up, it was even pouring harder. You remember that, Pastor Eric? And I'm like, honestly, there's absolutely nothing I can do about it right now. All that I can do is I can show up. <laughs> Ready or not, here I come. And... Um, our wedding song was this song called Remember When It Rained from Josh Groban. <laughs> and when Ivan in that, that stage, when they played that in our reception area, I was standing at the front and it was pouring outside. And I heard this song, I'm like, I'm going to remember that it rained. <laughs> and it's cold. Why am I saying what I'm saying? Because there's certain things in our life that you can feel like it is total chaos. But God is birthing something inside of you and saying, it's not about what's going on here. It's about the covenant that you're about to make here. That the day that I remember that we stood in front and they said, I couldn't remem remember anything of the sermon. Honestly, I cannot. We even got prophetic words. How many of you got prophetic words at your wedding? Exactly. So we got prophetic words. I cannot remember except this one thing that uh, Pastor Korodasi said to my wife, and you will speak a lot. And I was thinking, but you already talk a lot. <laughs> That's the only thing I could remember. And then when the amazing words came about, I do, I do, I can't remember our vows. I honestly can't because we read it off a paper. And then, um, then all of a sudden, it was these magical words, and you may kiss your bride. And I thought to myself, so this is the time, where's the labello? Let's just do that. I've been waiting for this. Why am I saying what I'm saying? Because certain things, the Lord invites us into this relationship to be able to say is what David said, taste and see. Because even though that was 14 years back, I can still see us standing there and still making covenant on that day. That's why some of you've got testimonies in the Lord where Lord has done something, things in your life and He wants you to taste and see out of memory to say, I've been good to you, but now there's an invitation to more. Next one. There was a time that even when He saw these things that He started this one time where He denied Jesus. It's not a great highlight of your walk with Jesus when you, when you lie about knowing Him. Many of us, we've even done that in the company of, of non-believers where we are not shining our light as what we want to. 
When people find out you're a Christian, you're like, if I say nothing, they will ask nothing. And we would rather compromise what we believe to settle and fit in to our surroundings. I don't take Peter for granted because if we are not living for Christ, we are denying Him in our ways. And many of us, we've been there. Next one. uh, Peter goes back to fishing. You do what you used to do. Now, that's something I thought about, Pastor Eric, we should just go fishing again. It would be amazing to do that. But you go back to what you are used to doing. Many times we fall into the rut. You get saved, you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, and then you go back to things, business as usual. Can I submit to you that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, He takes you into this process. And any person who tells you, no, you are just going to be this blaming fire all the time, they are living in a different world. But God wants us to live out in that world in this way. This is invitation. Next one. Then Peter gets back into the ministry. Obviously, we know they go into the upper room. I'm almost in for a closing. And then the Holy Spirit comes with power upon him. You see, when Peter got baptized, the first thing that he did is he started preaching. You remember that? And it says that 3,000 men gave their their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ and they got baptized. Here's the thing I want you to take note of. As soon as they believed, Peter's ministry actually just started taking off, actually. The public ministry. But there came a time where Peter was still being rebuked, where he was standing in front of the Jews in his one way and when he's with the Gentiles, he's in another way. And Paul wrote and he said, I needed to oppose Peter to his face because he was a hypocrite. It doesn't mean because you got filled with the Holy Spirit, your decisions will be sanctified. You still need to choose every single day. There were times where you would not feel like walking with the Lord. There would be times where you go on holiday where you feel like one a church break. You just, you don't want to, you don't want to be overchurched. But there comes a time where you get filled with the Holy Spirit but you still need to choose over and over and over and over again. The beauty about that decision Listen to me. When the power of the Holy Spirit came upon him, the Bible says that everywhere where he walked, even his shadow healed people. How many of you would love for that to happen? That would be kind of amazing. Now listen to me. The invitation of the Holy Spirit started way back. But there comes a time when we walk with the Holy Spirit that you come to a place in the book of Acts where, where there were two, two people, Ananias and Sapphira. They were speaking to Peter and they spoke and they lied about money that was supposed to be allocated to the ministry. And Peter says this. He says, why did you lie to the Holy Spirit? And this made a question mark because they were speaking to Peter. There comes a time where you submit your life to the Holy Spirit so much because you are spirit that the Holy Spirit and your spirit are one. That when you are walking around, why I'm saying that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that you are a direct representation of God on this earth. God wants you. 
that wherever you walk, that's where the Holy Spirit walks. Where, where Peter can make this claim and he says, you have lied to the Holy Spirit and they die. Some of you would wish people have lied to you. Guapa. And you just see that old meme with that guy. I imagine it was something like that because he says, isn't your, isn't the body still fresh? And then the wife, and she also lies. And Why am I saying what I'm saying? I'm saying it very lightly. But the invitation of the Holy Spirit is to every single one of us. And you don't need a pulpit because you've already have a purpose in God. You need to do what you need to do for God. And together we are making the manifold wisdom of God known to the powers and the principalities and the rulers. That's what the Bible says, Ephesians 3.11. That is what we do. The manifold wisdom of God means if you look to a flower and all the rose petals, do you know none of them are exactly the same? And that's the body of Christ coming together, showing the beauty of Christ that we make up the manifold wisdom of God, that I need something in, in my wife and I need something in, in Sean and I need something in Tandiwe and I need something in Eddie and everybody needs one another. And we don't take the Word of God and we fight one another because the Word of God is meant to fight the powers and the principalities and the rulers, not one another. If I disagree, now as Janine, all of a sudden, I'm like, no, the Bible says, submit to me. I'm using God's word as a sword to cut her. We should take the word and we should teach one another and rebuke one another. But I don't take the word to cut another person. Because the word of God is a double-edged sword. It's powerful, it's spirit. That's why we should know it. And we take this word and we start saying this invitation to the Holy Spirit as we read. Say, Lord, I don't know what I just read, but I'm going to keep on reading until you illuminate something. And you don't take the next devotional and that's now what God says. God can use anything. He can speak through any person. God can speak through your TV ads. Or like the, my wife said yesterday, we did this. Yeah, this is my last sentence on that. There's nothing that ruins a beautiful worship set, like wood, that what? That breaks the anointing, like a YouTube ad. We were tapping in. Do you want to be a worship guitarist? Like, no, I don't want to be a worship guitarist. Get back to that. Can I submit to us? If something small can take us out of the presence of God, it shows you that we are already emotionally connected because we are already in the presence of God. The whole earth is filled with His glory. We are here to demonstrate that to every single person around us. But here's the thing that God wants from us. Final thought. This is honestly a final thought. No, no, don't worry. No, you think I'm joking? <laughs> Listen. The Bible says in the book of Leviticus, it says this. Leviticus 6. I don't want to, I just want to quote that. Is it fine? You still okay? Leviticus 6, verse 12 to 13. I'm just going to read it to you. It says, Meanwhile, 
the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must never go out. Say with me, fire. fire. Say with me, altar. altar. Say with me, never go out. Okay, you can remember that. Listen to this. Each morning, the priest will add fresh wood to the fire and arrange the burnt offering on it. He will then burn the fat of the peace offerings on it. Some of us, we would love to just get that off of us. He will then burn the fat of the peace offering off of it. Listen to me, verse 13. Remember, the fire must be kept burning on the altar at all times. It must never go out. This picture is this invitation. I want to say it in this way. That when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, it's an invitation that the Lord sends the fire. But it is your responsibility to put wood on the fire. See, most of us, we come and every time we want a fresh fire, Lord, give me a fresh fire. But if we keep on placing wood, the fire will never go out. Every single time you make a decision where it's uncomfortable and you feel like everybody's going to a certain place and you feel the Lord is saying, no, I want you to stay with me. You're putting wood on the fire. When you want to lose your temper at somebody and God says, just keep quiet, keep your peace. You are putting fire, wood on the fire and you keep it burning. Every time you feel like I wanna overreact when somebody does something and I disagree with them, I'm putting wood on the fire. When God says to you, be kind and generous and you feel like, Lord, I cannot do that right now, but actually you don't wanna do it right now. There's a difference. And you do it in obedience. You are putting wood on the fire. And God says that fire must never go out. That's why many times we need to come and we need to lay hands and get people fresh back into the fire. But if everybody takes responsibility with your walk with the Lord, you don't need somebody to lay a hand upon you. You can put fire on it every single day of your life. In the morning when you wake up, in the evening when you go to bed, you are taking a big stump and you're putting it. It's like, Lord, I'm gonna put this, this can burn a little bit longer. And we need moments like that. Last night, my wife was so upset with me. I can be very honest. She had this big log that she wanted to put, I don't know what you wanted to put on it, but you never communicated to me. And I was making the fire and I thought to myself, this fire can be much bigger if I put this stump on it. And I put it on and my whole, even my whole bride just went like, oh. I'm like, okay, this is amazing and it's burning. And she comes out and she heats herself like this against with her backside. When she turns around, she's like, ah. I'm like, what's wrong? And I knew she was speaking about this. She's like, you put my, my wood in the fire. I wanted to use it. She's like, can I take it out? I'm like, no, this thing is ablaze right now. You're not gonna move. Why am I saying what I'm saying? Because many times when something is being consumed, we don't like that. And the fire is there to cleanse us, to purify us. But the result is to burn for the Lord. God wants every single one of us not to be motivated, but to be led by the Holy Spirit. He was given to us 
as a down payment of our salvation. If He was given as a down payment, you know when you, when you pay a deposit for something, you only pay the, the outstanding amount a little bit later. If the fullness of God was given as a down payment of our salvation, the Holy Spirit given, what is lying ahead for every single believer? If you can see that the Lord wants to do miraculous things through your and my life in our time, and He was just a down payment. I'm telling you right now, it's time for us as a church to arise. We don't make excuses for anything else. We don't have to be apologetical about anything. We place ourselves on the altar. We don't wait for somebody to do a conference and to lay a hand upon ourselves because many times I need to look myself in the mirror and I lay upon a, a hand upon myself. Not waiting for somebody to pray for me for something. I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I'm feeling something in my body is out of place. I'm like, hey, you are illegal. Stop it. I lay a hand upon myself. Be healed. I don't need a conference because I already have the invitation from God Himself. I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And when you are a temple of the Holy Spirit, the God, one of the Godheads dwell inside of you. You cannot think of yourself lesser. The Holy Spirit is living inside of you. Some of you getting baptized tonight and I, I commend you for doing that. But may your walk with God not stop here. May you not get stagnant. May you become uncomfortable to get moving. Some of you have got dreams of your life for God to use you, to minister through you, to do some great things in our generation. Some of you have got a plan to fix this country. Young people, we need somebody with a plan, but it's not gonna come by intellect, it's gonna come by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that inspires something. People are like, no, this government must go. Well, and then? And the next one, who are you gonna vote for? A government will not fix it. Jesus will. We need people full of the wisdom of God. Two more things from my side. What we're going to be ministering on. You, see, you know what prayerlessness does? And a lack of intimacy, intimacy with the Holy Spirit does to us as believers. It puts us in the first one is lack. Bible says in the book of James, you have not because you do not ask. Some of you are in such desperate places because you're not praying. Some of you are fighting the same struggle over and over again because you are not asking. Having fellowship with God. This invitation that the Lord says, draw close to me and I will draw close to you. The second thing that it does 
is that it leads us into temptation. You are fighting certain temptations over and over and over again. Things that you feel, I finished this chapter of my life, but why is it coming back again? Certain things that are becoming footholds and then strongholds, things that should have been settled way back because of a lack of time with the Lord. It's not a condemning thing. It's an invitation from the Lord to say, come to me. What I want to sense what the Lord wants to do in this moment, if you feel in those two areas, you are struggling in that place of like, man, it's not just physical things. You feel in yourself, you are dry. Feel frustrated. Second place is that you feel that there's certain temptations. It's just recurring over and over and over again. Let's trust the Lord with His presence to come and fill you just again. And if that's you, I want you just to stand quickly. Precious Holy Spirit. Lord, you are all that we want. Every person who's just in a place, maybe they feel dry. They feel lacking in an area. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Here's the thing what we're going to do right now. If you see people standing there, I want you to just believers around them. Just lay a hand upon them. that's laying hands upon them allow the Lord to minister through you and if you are just seated you're just waiting for something to happen I want to please ask you please agree with them and let the Holy Spirit move and minister to them as would you do that Santo Robabon de Leribiasto Robabon de Leribiaste Rinda Rababusternanta Rabanante Leribiasto O Rabaman de Leribiasto Robabusternande Libri Hiharabamaste Kinto Rababusternande Rebiasto Oranasta Kinto Ranante Leribiasto Ranante Piranande Leribiasto Conta Rababante Rebekiste Borababon de Leribiasta Kinto Rebiasto Ora nasce che te la rabbiasci, non te la rabbiasci. E te la rabbiasci, Father, we pray in this moment for every person, Lord, who is dry, who feels, Lord, that they are just in a place, Lord, where things are not, not moving. They feel they're in a place of, of lack. Maybe there's 
also the place of just temptation, regular, recurring things over and over again. Lord, for every demonic stronghold that tries to lie to their minds, in the name of Jesus, we rebuke you, break and leave off of them. We speak that in this night, Lord, may your freedom come and fill their hearts and their minds in this evening. I want to pray, Lord, with every person here, Lord, Lord, that they would be strengthened in the power and of your might. Lord, I pray, Lord, above all else, may every person fall into holy communion with you again. Thank you for your awareness of your presence when they sit in their rooms, when they do their regular things a day, just for awareness of your presence, Lord. Father, we want to speak that in this night and call together, Lord, we call upon your name. We ask, Lord, that this church will be marked by your presence. The Israelites camped around the presence of God. I pray that every single one of us will be marked, that we surrender our lives and live our lives out of the presence of God. No more striving. Just your presence, God. I sense I want us to do something maybe different. As you're sitting with somebody next to you in the service, maybe you're watching us online, find somebody and lay hands upon themselves uh, upon one another we're going to trust the lord just to just to stir something just in activation here's the thing what you're going to be find somebody put a hand on whoever we're going to trust the lord to move right now nobody's alone see pentecost was all about the activation of believers we cannot remain in the same places over and over again. Lord, we pray that in this evening, Lord, come and set us ablaze. We wanna pray, Lord, as we are connected, laying hands upon one another. Lord, we pray, Lord, for a fresh fire, a fresh zeal. Thank you, Lord, that our inner man's, Lord, will be awakened to the presence of God. I wanna pray that in this night, Lord, may every form of complacency every form of stagnation, every form of lukewarmness be shaken off of us, Lord. I pray with every person here, Lord, baptize us in Your presence once again. Loosen us, Lord, to move wherever You wanna move, Lord. Lord, we wanna say what You wanna say. We wanna do whatever You wanna do, Lord. Use our lives. Mark us by Your presence, Lord. Lord, as we ask 
with one another. I pray that the healing life of Jesus would touch people. They need healing in their bodies. Be healed. you pray this prayer just with me say Holy Spirit I want to walk with you will you please walk with me help me to see Lord what you see help me to feel what you are feeling Change my heart of stone and give me a heart of flesh. I accept the invitation to walk with you. Loosen us. Loosen me. Thank you, Lord. Amen. before I hand over just to Pastor Eric, I just want to share a word or two if that's fine. Lorena, <laughs> I, um, as I was just coming down and I saw you, I had such a compassion for your niece or your cousin who you're working for, that one. I literally saw how the love that you show towards her is that the Bible says that that the mountains melt like wax before the Lord and everything that feels like it's hardened actually becomes soft and that's why I've only seen that picture of her once that you sent me a while ago and when I saw that I was so aware that her heart is in the hands of God and God is softening her heart but the beautiful thing about that is that it would not just have an effect on the job. It would actually change things in the family because I feel like there's, this is just what I'm seeing. It's a lot of the frustration is very personal inside of her, just of how she grew up and how she thinks life is. And the Lord is using that and it will actually influence all of that areas. And she will be changed see how the Lord has changed. It's, he's got her heart like, and it melts. Just pray that over. Thank you, Lord, we can agree just that you would do that work inside of her in the precious name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We want to agree over Lorena. Give her strength. Give her, give her wisdom. Give her insight. 
to do what you want to do in the name of Jesus. Amen. Just want to share with you, it's Anthony, no? What's your name? With a blue shirt? Yes. Etienne. See, I'm pardon. Etienne, um, I saw like, you, you know, when, when they do, we, we don't celebrate it here because it's very illegal. You can't shoot fireworks. But um, you should not, please. There's animals. But um, I want to say to you, I, I saw how the Lord is lighting you and you are actually on display. The Lord is going to use your life. Things that felt like you were just in a box. It was just packed away. God is going to light you and it's going to, it's going to be a display over your life and what God's going to do through your life. I see how the Lord is setting that up as a celebration that people, even out of your past, even people out of your previous Christian circles, that's actually the word that's in my mind, previous Christian circles would see that you are a new person and it's undeniable. That's how, the, how, I, how I just perceive it. It's undeniable. You'll be changed into the new man. There's something about you that the Lord is pulling you back and then He's lighting to release you into. And it's going to be marvelous. It's going to be loud. It's going to be a display how the Lord will use you. But it's not because of you. It's always about people that God loves, that He wants to do things through your life. Stay humble. Stay into a place of dependency upon the Lord because the Lord is going to use you mightily. He is going to use that. I also include, is that your mom? I include your mom. He's going to use you mightily. Amen. Bless you. Thank you so much. May you have an awesome, awesome evening together. Can we appreciate Pastor Stefan as he goes? Good evening, Empower Church. We're going to be heading into baptisms not too long from now. And... Um, we want to invite all of you to come and join us in the minor hall for our baptism celebration. It's going to be glorious. We've got quite a number of people getting baptized. I'll share more details in a moment. But before we jump into that, I'd like us just to take a moment and honor the Lord with our giving this evening. Allow me to share a thought with you. We've been speaking quite a lot the last weekend, especially today around Pentecost, Acts chapter number two, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And what's beautiful, if we read that chapter, towards the end of chapter two, I think it's verse 45, 46, somewhere there, it speaks about the believers selling all that they had and giving to one another as they had need. It actually says that the church had no lack in that time. It was such a spirit of generosity amongst people that nobody had need. And I want to pray for you this evening before we honor the Lord with our giving that there will be a spirit of generosity that falls afresh on us as well. Come on, we can't look to the world out there and expect them to step into that. It's, it's something that we must say as believers, as a church, as empowered to say, God, we want to be that kind of a people. That we would be so generous amongst one another that nobody would have need. That if you need a lawnmower, that somebody will bless you with one. If you need a pair of shoes, somebody will bless you with one. If somebody else needs a pair of shoes, you will be the one blessing them with one. And it's not just in our financial giving, but that we would live our lives uh, towards one another. It will not just be about what I need, God, what you can give to me, but that I would constantly be living that kind of a life where, where I am focused on the needs of others as well. And it's not just to the rich folk that the instruction goes to say, be generous to one another. It's to every single one of us. You carry something that could, 
bless somebody else in their journey, in their walk with God. And that includes our finances as well. And I want to pray over us as a church that that spirit of generosity will just come upon us as well. As the, the Lord continues to pour out His Spirit upon His church, that that spirit of generosity will also increase. Can I ask you to stand with me as I pray for you this evening? And then we're going to honor the Lord with our giving. I'll share one or two announcements and then we'll close from there. Lord, we stand before you in this evening and we recognize and realize that everything we have is because of you. There's nothing that we don't have that we've not received from you. Sometimes we think it's our salaries or our employers that have been the source of provision, but everything we receive to live life, we have received from you. The clothes on our backs and the breath in our lungs, everything we have received. And we say thank you in this evening. Thank you for being generous towards us, Father. Thank you that your heart is always open, your hand is always open. You are kind to us. And Lord, I pray for myself, for my family, and for every family represented in this church and watching online, that we would be known as a generous kind of people. That people will know that in that church, amongst that group of believers, there will always be a spirit of generosity. Lord, we open our hearts, we open our hands in this night for the needs out there to be met. God, meet it through us. Bless us to be a blessing. That's our prayer tonight. Father, I bless your people tonight. Bless every person as they sow a seed tonight, as they give an offering or give their tithe. Lord, I bless them tonight in the beautiful name of Jesus. May whatever they put in the ground in this evening produce a multiplied harvest back to them. Father, we don't give to receive. We thank you that we have received to give and we honor you in this night. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we honor the Lord with our giving this evening? We've got some friendly volunteers right around the auditorium. If you're online, all the giving details will be on your screen. Let's honor the Lord and I'll share a couple of announcements in a moment from now. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Just a couple of announcements from my side. 
Please note that this coming Tuesday evening we'll be praying again right here in the main auditorium, 67, for our revival prayer meetings. Where have you been joining us on Tuesday evenings? Where have you joined us last week, any evening of the week? It's been amazing times of prayer. We really want to invite you. Come and join us Tuesday evening, 6 o'clock. We broadcast on YouTube as well, but that's for our online viewers. If you're in Pretoria, come to the church. Come join us in person. God's doing some amazing things and we want to invite you to come and join us. Then please take note, there's two very important upcoming camps. Our first camp is our young adult camp, six to seven. It's clearly, it's clearly some young adults in the house. My apologies, not six to seven, seven to nine July. Got it, wait, seven to nine July. It's gonna be an amazing weekend. If you're between the ages of about 19 to 35, always a bit of plus VAT allowed there, please come and join us. Register at our Connect Corner at the back. Either chat to Jamie or Wade. It's gonna be a glorious weekend and we wanna invite you, come and join us. Then our marriage camp coming up for to... Thank you for that, my brother. Some of them cheering weren't married now. I was like, I don't know what's happening there. We see you, we see you. Um, for, all, for all our married couples, please note you have to be married for the marriage camp. Is that okay? Um, and it's gonna be an... <laughs> uh, um, it's gonna be an amazing weekend. I wanna invite every single couple here that's married, if you're online, I wanna invite you to come and join me for that camp. It's one of the highlights of our year. I tell you, we have seen God do things on this marriage camp that I cannot explain to you. And everybody that's been there will tell you, just go there. But I, I give you my word, God will change your life on that camp. It's not just for people with marriage problems, it's a marriage enrichment retreat. Doesn't matter if your marriage is flourishing, it still feels like you're on honeymoon or it feels like everything is falling apart. I tell you now, God will meet with you in that weekend and it's gonna change your life. If you're not married, get married before the 4th of August. <laughs> we really had people in the past, no jokes, every year we have people scheduling their wedding so that they can marry, get married before the camp. And I want you to know tonight that we only have 50 spaces available. We can only take 50 couples. And our biggest problem every year is the amount of people that we have to send away closer to the time. I really mean it, there's limited space and there's nothing we can do to accommodate more couples. So please register and register ASAP. Four to six August, there's already a number of people registered. It's gonna fill up fast. Chat to some of our people there at the Connect Corner. Even if you just say, Eric, I haven't got money to pay now. Just dot my name down somewhere. I'm gonna make a plan. We'll do whatever needs to be done, but register and it will change your life. I promise you that. And um, then I just wanna give one or two announcements regarding our baptisms. Everybody that's getting baptized tonight, the moment I close the service in a minute from now, you're welcome to make your way to the, to the minor hall. If you go down towards the end of the minor hall on your right, we've got our cloakrooms, men's and ladies. Please meet some of our friendly pastoral staff there. They'll be assisting you in our change rooms. For all the ladies, we've got all the things you need there, air dryers, the full works. And uh, we wanna invite the congregation, come and join us. It's gonna be a glorious time of celebration. Um, and we will be taking some photos as well tonight. For our family members, we'll give one or two details there, but please note, we'll be taking some photos tonight and making that available for you as well. Um, but it's gonna be a joyous celebration to celebrate with you tonight. Can I just ask, everybody getting baptized, won't you stand first? 
Look at that. Isn't that amazing? I want to say to you in this evening, we salute you for following Jesus in obedience. In this church, baptism is easy. Jesus did it, I'll do it. And we want to say bless you for following Him in obedience through the waters of baptism tonight. May your life never, ever, ever be the same again. I want to pray for you. Church, stretch out a hand to some of them standing close to you. Father, we bless every single one of these people. We pray as they go into that waters and come out of it, Lord, that there will truly be a death, burial, and a resurrection that takes place in their life. May the old man, the old woman be laid to rest tonight and may they come alive in who they are in Christ. May they experience the fullness of Christ in them and may this day be the mark of a journey as they start to grow into the fullness of who you are. God, we bless them in this evening. May this be a night they will never forget in Jesus' name. Can we shout amen? Amen and amen. Bless you. Thank you for being with us. Have a glorious week. We'll see you next week, Sunday. Everybody online, love you lots. Have a great week.